Hello, Trinity. It is so good to see you. I spent this past week at clergy conference and bishops leadership conference for congregations or teams. As our staff and lay leaders will tell you, I get really energized when I go to conferences like this and learn new things that help me think about leadership and ministry. And it takes about three weeks for me to kind of stop bouncing up and down. Just does. Anyway, it was an amazing week. Uh, Clergy and leaders from at least 40 congregations around our diocese, congregations of all sizes, from the cathedral right on down to little teeny ones, uh, came together at Fort Warden. We worshiped together twice a day. We ate and learned together, all as COVID-safe as possible, testing windows open all the time, put on a jacket if you're cold, kind of safety. For me, the most hopeful thing I heard, the thread that ran through every conversation, is that we are not alone. Every congregation in the diocese is feeling the uncertainty and distress of life and community disrupted by pandemic, and everyone is trying to figure out how to rebuild, how to come back to community, belonging, and ministry. Two really useful things I learned. One, naming is important. We all need language to name and process our experiences. It's true in a lot of life, but it's true in this part of life too. Shared language is part of the reason that we come to church, to learn to name our experiences of the holy. And learning to name our experiences of disruption are also part of that. And the second most useful thing is a naming tool, a model for describing where we are at and how we can move forward. This model from the College for Congregational Development, a wonderful resource of our diocese. This model describes organizational life, but could easily apply to friendship, parenting, marriage, work situations, really any part of our lives where we are in relationship. It goes like this. We are tootling along in what feels like a normal place of stability and productivity. And along comes some disruption, like a two-year-plus pandemic or a rector retiring. And there goes our stability and productivity. And we don't know what to expect. We don't know what the future will be. Nothing works the way it used to. People withdraw because they're afraid and unsure. Does this sound familiar? Breathe, says the model. This is normal behavior when something disrupts our comfort place. This is where the model gets really helpful. Because the next thing it identifies is a choice about how we respond to the anxiety 
produced by all that disruption and uncertainty? There are three options. Number one, we can terminate our relationship, threaten or choose to leave. Number two, we can attempt to return to wit return to the way things used to be before the disruption. Or three, we can work together to create a new way of being together by sharing information about what we've learned and experienced and working together to figure out new ways to do the work we're given to do. Whether we like it or not, whether we want to or not, we are at that decision point. My Trinity beloveds, we are not the only faith community around experiencing this. Another great thing about the conference of this past week was sharing stories of church life and having two or three people chime in after every story. That's happening in my church, too. Everything from how do we re-engage our children in youth ministries to... We had a hard time finding people to serve on the vestry this year to how do we help people connect with one another when we're not sure it's safe to be together? Every congregation in our diocese is feeling this pinch. And it's not limited to church either. Read through the headlines. Just this week, we can see all around us Government and community organizations from local to national levels realizing how much disruption has happened and making decisions about whether and how to continue toward their work, whether it is a vision of democracy, providing basic supports like food and housing or vital health care services to people. Disruption has happened, and our whole society is trying to figure out how to go forward. Our life, Trinity's life as a community of faith, has been disrupted by a pandemic that isn't over yet. A rector retiring in the midst of that pandemic, and a new level of awareness about racial injustice. We have disruption. We have uncomfortability, anxiety, wondering about our future. And we have three options. We can give up. Decide that our purpose for drawing people to God and feeding their bodies and souls is too much work. It is not worth figuring out the challenges of a community life that is so disrupted. We could close our doors and return our assets to the diocese. That's one option. A second option is we can do things the way we've always done it. We can try to use those same systems and ways of doing things that we did pre-pandemic. Pre-2020, Trinity was already seeing declines in attendance, volunteerism, and giving. A shrinking number of people keeping necessary ministries alive for now. 
Or our third option is that we can hit the reset button on our life together. We can get together virtually and in person to share our experiences, to think and pray about our hopes and dreams and purpose for being this faith community of Trinity, how we can bring healing and hope to our Trinity community and to our world. In the Acts of the Apostles, Peter addresses the uncertainty and anxiety of the Judean community of Jesus' followers. I've never read this lesson with this lens before. It was fascinating. The Judean community had heard that he was eating and teaching about Jesus with people who would not have typically been accepted in their community. The, the Judeans, mostly the people who had been raised as traditional Jews, thought Jesus had brought a message of hope and salvation just for them, for God's chosen people. And here he is sharing that same message with other people. Their expectation about how religion works was totally disrupted. Peter tells them about his vision from God that instructs him to eat all kinds of foods not allowed by Jewish law. That sheet with all those foods, all forbidden by Jewish law. And then Peter shares his firsthand experience of seeing non-Judean believers receive baptism by the Holy Spirit and be empowered in the very same way that the people in Jerusalem were at Pentecost. By sharing his personal experience, Peter invites the Judean community to choose option three, to renegotiate their expectations about being followers of Jesus. Clearly, doing things the way they had before at adhering to purity laws about food, requiring all males to be circumcised, is no longer an option when Jesus' message of hope and healing is reaching people they hadn't previously thought to include. I said earlier that this model is applicable anywhere we are in relationship. And as Christians... We are, by definition, in relationship. Christianity is an embodied faith. It's all about relationship with an incarnate God who continues to be present in people and creation around us. That is integral to our faith. The give and take of sharing our experiences and dreams and listening carefully while others share nurtures our relationships in healthy ways. Speaking our truths and hearing others lays a foundation for renegotiating our shared expectations about the way forward from this point. And in church, those conversations include listening to God as well.
Trinity beloveds, I leave you with two thoughts. One, we are not alone at this moment of wondering how we rebuild back after our life as a community has been so disrupted by COVID, by racial injustice, by clergy transition. We are not alone in our uncertainty. And we are not alone in our desire to live and thrive, even if we're not clear yet on how to do that. And number two, we are not alone. God is making all things new, always. Transformation is not comfortable and sometimes mysterious. We believe that God is at work in and through us. Our way forward is to share our experiences and our dreams, to listen to one another and God, and to renegotiate, to figure it out, how we will live into our vision for sharing God's love with the whole wide world. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Alleluia.